the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome everyone to Extreme Carolina, the show that focus on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Get ready, folks. It's time for some good news that you can use. And today we have an amazing published author that we have been trying to get on our show for years. <laughs> well, maybe not years, but at least a year and a half, maybe. And uh, we finally have gotten her and her schedule so being so packed. And uh, but we finally have her today. And she, as I mentioned, a published author. Her name is Nadia Dean. And she, you may recognize the name because of the demand of blood, which was uh, another big offering that she had. It was an amazing book, and uh, you folks need to check it out. But today, we want to focus on a new book that she's got out. It's a memoir, and it's called Deep Cover. Deep Cover. And basically, what it is, it is a memoir of hiding while dying to be seen. Well, folks, we're dying to talk to her and hear what she's got to say. So let's just bring in Nadia. Hey, Nadia, welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for you coming, coming, being here. And let's just dive right into it. And we want to talk about, uh, you know, what was it that, that caused you to want to write this memoir you know where i mean use a it's a stark departure from a demand of blood and so uh what 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 caused you to go in this direction well michael actually i didn't really want to write the book but i had so many people over a period of years saying you know you really need to write your story and Essentially, they didn't really even know the whole story, but mm-hmm. um, they kept encouraging me. And so after five years of hearing this, I thought, you know, maybe there's something to it. So mm-hmm. uh, I was working for a publisher at the time, and his advice was, Nadia, just sit down and psychobarf. I said, what's that? He said, it's just <laughs> sit down and just whatever comes up, just put it on the page because you will find eventually mm-hmm. that that's the story that wants to be told ah now i got that so the big idea or the takeaway from the book then of that sitting down whatever name you call it so <laughs> the big takeaway is what well i'd say that um one of the key takeaways of the book um is the relationship between growing up in complex trauma and the mental illness that it can produce later in life. Uh, And specifically that unresolved childhood trauma is often the onset for narcissistic personality disorder, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as other cluster B disorders that are becoming so prevalent in our culture today. Wow, that is so true. You know, just to unpack that a little bit, you had said that, you know, as younger, as kids, and uh, I believe that that begins 
at that age when we don't get the love and caring that we as human beings we 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 we, we crave that early on in our life as infants and toddlers would you agree with that oh absolutely and unfortunately children that grow up in complex trauma and by that i mean uh one parent could be alcoholic or a drug addict or someone went to prison or there's a lot of violence in the home uh, these are the things that make a child feel insecure make them feel unsafe Mm-hmm. And so as a result, they begin to develop certain skills in order to survive in yes. that trauma. The problem becomes later in life when they want to translate those skills they've learned to survive into their adult relationships. And inadvertently, it will produce unhealthy relationships later in life. Mm, and like them choosing the wrong partners. Like choosing the uh, wrong partner. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. we tend to... We tend to attract people in our life uh, around uh, our woundedness. And mm. I know that's not like a really positive thing that people want to hear, but when you have unresolved childhood trauma, there really is a life force uh, in all of us that says we want to resolve it. You know, we mm-hmm. want to find a way out of this. Uh, and, but unfortunately, we tend to gravitate to people who will continue to wound us. Mm, and that is so so deep right there uh being wounded and and being gravitated to that that it just sounds narcissistic it just sounds crazy but you're saying that it happens all the time well it's yes uh unfortunately and and it's part of what freud talked about um uh repetition so you know we will go attract relationships similar to the ones in our early life in Mm -hmm. an effort to resolve that conflict that we had. That's why so often a woman who grows up in an abusive home will end up being married to a husband who eventually abuses her. Wow. And then ain't no telling what kind of drama he got in his life he's trying to deal with. So, (laughs) well, that's right. And, you know, in my situation, I was raised by a father who had narcissistic personality disorder, uh, Mm -hmm. as well as a brother who was diagnosed as a psychopath when he was 16. So there was a a tremendous amount of trauma growing up uh, at home. And so I had to learn all of these survival skills in order to get through all of that. And unfortunately, it's those so-called skills uh, spilled over into other relationships, and I ended up being married to a sociopath. Mm-hmm. That has got to be scary. Um, I mean, to to realize that. I mean, then at first you didn't realize it, but then when you do come to understand and realize what's happening, uh, that's when it becomes scary, I, I would say. Yeah, because I think we spend the first third of our lives being programmed. And then the next third is sort of living out that programming. And if, if we're lucky and we have an awakening and we have people around us that love us and care and help us come to the place of waking up and saying, you know, you need to deal with these things in your life. Uh, if we're lucky, we get that chance. And then we begin to rebuild our lives from the inside out. It's a lot of work. But, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the thing, you're going to suffer. So are are you going to continue to suffer in your despair that you have never dealt with? Or are you going to suffer through the transformation 
out of that to the other side. That is so, so interesting. The So people that are in relationships like that today uh, that haven't had that awakening in terms of how to deal with it, they're, they probably are just going round and round in circles, don't know how to come out of it. Exactly. So, yes. And know. I, I used to volunteer many years ago. I, I volunteered for uh, abused women's shelters and produce a documentary for the United Way about childhood abuse. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. I, I was in college and here I am attracted to this, to produce mm-hmm. this film, still being unaware that why I was being attracted to do the work because it resonated with something in me. It took a long time for me to sort mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, close the gap of that cognitive dissonance. But one of the things that I noticed when I was volunteering was I was meeting these women who were telling me stories of one abusive relationship after the other. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't understand. They're like, I don't understand why, you know, I got rid of this guy and here's another guy and everything <laughs> seemed to be going well. And all of a sudden he's abusive. Right. And with, and with that said, I, I would think that, you know, the, the, the women that are having these relationships and keep attracting that uh, with what you said, they have to first, before they work on their relationship with another man or whatever, work on themselves first before they invite somebody else in. Once they get out of one, they shouldn't just go right into another one. Uh, would you agree they need to right then and there begin to work on themselves? Absolutely. But this takes a wake-up call, Michael. And a lot of women are on autopilot and they don't realize what they're doing in, in that uh, they're attracting the same mm-hmm. personality over and over and over again. And that's what I did for many years. You're listening to Extreme Carolina on 95.1. We'll be right back. After a word from our sponsors. Tar Heel Basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife, and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us, too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. Be sure to visit our brand new website, michaelborkman.com, to access exclusive online content including over 150 episodes of previous content for free. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Extreme Carolina. And lastly, if you don't want to miss an episode with our amazing guest, and trust me, you don't, you can now subscribe to our podcast and let the new episodes come to you automatically. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Extreme Carolina. Today, we have an amazing, remarkable guest, uh, Nadia Dean, that she's written a memoir. It's called Deep Cover. It's a memoir of hiding while dying to be seen. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to get into that, the name of that title in just a second. But I want to go back to what we were talking about just before the break. And that was uh, The Awakening. At some point, when like these shelters, uh, when women go into these shelters, and I'm sure some of them go in and come out and still doing the same thing. Yeah. And uh, and so, it, it, there is no way, or, or is there a way for them to search for that uh, opening, enlightening, 
Um, is that something they just got to come to on their own or, or somebody can't shake them and say, Hey, wake up, wake up. You got to stop doing what you're doing. Um, how does that happen? Or do you have an answer for that? Well, I think one of the most important things for a woman to do before she can have the awakening is to acknowledge that she has played a role in attracting these men into her life. Um, you have to get out of the victimhood if you are going to transform your life. Mm-hmm. If you continue to say, oh, I don't know why these men show up in my life. Why? I'm a good woman. They treat me bad. Um, that's the victim speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman who says, I'm ready to change, has to acknowledge, okay, I have, there's something about me that is attracting this. What is it? And uh, unfortunately, women who are diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which was one of my disorders coming out of complex trauma, mm-hmm. um, we tend to uh, live in that victimhood and continue the pattern that we know. We know it so well because we practice it since we were a child. Right. Um, and so in order to wake up, we have to look at ourselves. Instead of focusing on the bad guys, we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, mm-hmm. what in me needs to change? Right. That is so, so important right there. That, that also, um, you know, you, you, in your memoir, you, someone on the very beginning said something that follows that, and, it, and they're talking about you in this memoir. And I'm going to read it for everyone. It's real short. It says, deep cover follows the life of a courageous woman on her journey to heal from trauma. And, and, and Nadia's experience of shame, fear, and self-destruction and her determination to transform her life will inspire women to believe they have the power to triumph over trauma in their, of their past. That is so powerful, so strong. And his his was blowing my mind. It's something that you willingly open up and shared with the world, and uh, that had to be tough. It was very hard. It took me twelve years to write the memoir. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that yeah, I is... had a lot to sort through. Well, but he but here's the thing: you had decided that I'm going to do this, even though it took you twelve years. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And you, you know, you, sometimes you didn't feel like it, sometimes you did. So, but you were on that path continuously. So what, yeah. what I, you know, so what I have to ask is, you know, how do you go about making sure that you stay on that path? I mean, what is it that you do to share with the other folks? Well, I mean, initially I'm a writer, so, uh, you know, that already had the skill. Uh, it was... Uh, having people believe in me and my husband was my second husband who's just an angel he uh, supported me uh, from the Mm get-go and uh, and and even if I didn't have anyone else if it was just him that was enough for me to keep going Um, but I did put it away a number of times and said I can't do this it's too hard it's too painful and then someone out of the blue would come along and say you know women need your story 
you've suffered and you've survived a lot mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. women need your story and and so i'd i'd pull it back out and i'd work on it again and um it so it was those encouraging words along the way that did make a huge difference wow so there there is someone in your life and i'm talking to everybody out there that is interested in seeing you overcome the shame and the fear that you have had to live with all these years. As a matter of fact, what we're going to do, I mean, this, this show is so powerful, we're going to have to do it again. But we're going to open it up, even though it's a recorded session, to give people an opportunity to say, hey, you know, that sounds good. What do I do now? Yet? Well, we're going to give you a chance to write to us at michaelborkman.com to our website. There's a way for you to get in there and write it, but ask the question of Nadia. Ask her your question that you have that's burning in your heart. Well, how can I do it? Or what do I do? I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And she's willing to answer your question, but you got to send it through to michaelborkman.com. So I just want to jump in there real quick and say that, and uh, it'll be on our website as well so that you can do that. And if you want to know more about uh, Nadia, and uh, she has a website as well. You can go to, I think uh, we wrote it down. Oh, there it is right there. It is NadiaDean.com. Duh, I should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> NadiaDean.com. But uh, for those who would like to ask questions, you're more than welcome. We encourage you to do that because here's a lady that has truly, truly come from the other side to this side to being a productive uh, human, superhuman being that is doing things that we all like to be able to do, but you got to go through some stuff. It ain't just uh, for women. There are some guys, they got to face up to what they're doing as well and not be an abuser or a victim themselves. Would, would that something you agree with, Nadia? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, you can read the book too. <laughs> and so, and uh, that a lot in the book, it, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. I've been reading through it. Uh, it, it is so deep in what it causes you to reach down and, 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 and think of. And so, Nadia, is that, are, are we on this, are we on the right track by saying that? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. That well, that sounds good. Uh, the the uh, and even though you said it in the book that it is a must read for women, I believe that uh, guys can read this thing too and realize some of the things that we do as men uh, that is not good, you know, for you know for shaming or demeaning women. Well, and that's just something we're just acting out that we didn't get as kids, I believe. Um. Well, the sad reality is, Michael, that people who abuse have been abused themselves. So men that grow up to be abusers, uh, specifically narcissists and sociopaths, they are using their brutality to cover their own shame. Mm. Uh, men, men with narcissistic personality disorder have deep shame. And this is why all the rage and this is why all the manipulation and the discarding, like when they're done with you, they kick you to the curb. There's a very specific cycle in which you can expect to be treated if you get into a relationship with a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Well, but at, at the core of it, they are deeply wounded as well. Mm, that is so, and I've heard that. And go ahead, Nike. 
Well, I was just going to say these personality disorders, and I'm talking about cluster B, and they're they're segmented. The cluster B has sociopath, uh, which is not a technical, t- which is not a, um, a medical term. It's a, one that's very popular, but it it attempts to uh, ascribe a label to a collection of traits. But in the cluster B of narcissism and uh, borderline personality disorder, um, antisocial personality disorder, there are some very specific cycles that people can expect to experience if they get in a relationship with someone like this. Unfortunately, at the very beginning of these relationships, these people seem very smart, very uh, <laughs> very suave and debonair, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just sweep women off their feet. Mm-hmm. And the ones that get swept off their feet are usually the ones that have their own issues and looking for someone to take care of them like that. And so uh, exactly. You, yeah. you, you tend to uh, when two wounded people come together, um, they tend to gaslight themselves, uh, ignoring red flags because they feel this intense, what they feel is love and acceptance mm-hmm. uh, or this, what's called love bombing where they just totally surround you and and isolate you from your friends and and shower you with gifts and compliments um they do this this is also an initiation ploy into uh cults it's the same thing they surround you and you 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 get in this love bubble and it feels so Mm. good that you can't imagine that it could ever be toxic unbelievable that is so deep i'd love to unpack that a little more but as you know we're up against the clock here and it is so crazy uh but we're gonna have nadia back okay she's coming back and we want you in the meantime to send your questions uh or statements or whatever to her through michael borkman.com send your and you can go on the website there's a place for you to to write it and send it to us and uh and it'll be you know it's not something we put out there it'll be private only me it'll be to me uh so i look forward to it and uh, i tell you what i wish we had more time today because i've got some really really great questions uh about the suicide that ain't no more an option and i love the one about god please please make him go away and leave me alone (laughs) i mean that's some great great questions to answer about that but we got to get out of here we're up against the clock so uh so thank you for coming today and folks uh look forward to it it'll be coming soon don't forget to go to her website as well nadiadeen.com www.nadiadeen.com go to it and uh you can check out her memoir the name of a book which is deep cover uh hiding while in plain sight type of thing uh it's it's amazing so, uh, and we didn't even get to get into the name of the of the book, which is something I'm going to start off with the next time we see you. So, anyway, thanks for coming today. We really appreciate you. Thank and, you, Michael. Uh, oh, it has been our pleasure. Thank you, Nadia. So, we got to get out of here. Ultimately, Extreme Carolina is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers like Nadia Dean that are passionate and purpose-driven and making a difference by listening to their stories. Extreme Carolina listeners will be will have an opportunity to refuel, reconnect, and get inspired by unlocking the power of the people. 
Well, I've got a quick quote that I'm going to say for everybody, a positive quote. We're going to let it get out of here. It is seen so apropos for the times, maybe not for the book. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Martin Luther King. Folks, we got to get out of here. Thanks, Nadia, for being here. We appreciate it. And everybody listening, we look forward to talking to you soon. God bless. Peace. We out.